Well, if people were to describe the type of person that you are, what would they say? Wouldn't you love them to say this about you? He is a man after God's own heart or she is a woman after God's own heart. You see, that's how God described David, who would be the king of Israel. Saul was the chosen king by the Israelite people. And God said, all right, y'all. He led prophet Samuel to go ahead and go anoint Saul as king, but God would later reject Saul, the Bible tells us, because he was foolish, because he was disobedient, because he was sinful. And so we read in 1 Samuel 13, verse 13 and 14, and Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. You've not kept the command of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord's commanded him to be prince over his people because you've not kept what the Lord commanded you. So Saul here, he's saying straight up, Saul, you're not a man after God's own heart, but I have a man who is after my own heart, and that is David, young David. And God would soon send prophet Samuel to anoint David as the future king of Israel. He didn't take the throne right away, but he would come to ascend to the throne. Apostle Paul would later, speaking in Acts 13, verse 21 and 22, summarize it this way. Then the Israelites asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified, that's God, and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. So God described David as a man after God's own heart. Wouldn't you love for the Lord to say that about you? But what does that mean? What does that mean to be a man or to be a woman after God's own heart? Well, our brother Chuck Swindoll, he explains it this way. To be a person after God's own heart, it means that your life is in harmony with the Lord. What is important to him is important to you. What burdens him burdens you. When he says, go to the right, you go to the right. When he says, stop that in your life, you stop it. When he says, this is wrong and I want you to change, you come to terms with it because you have a heart for God. When you're a man or a woman after God's own heart, he says, you are deeply sensitive to spiritual things. And I pray that would be you. I pray that would be me, that we'd be this type of people. But at the beginning of this new year, I want to not just think about us as individuals. I want us to think, and I believe that we as a church need to think more like this. I, need to, I believe we need to think as a church, right? We can certainly be individual men and women who are after God's own heart, but what about as a church? What should a church after God's own heart look like? Well, it would be God's desires being Collinsville First Baptist Church's desires. God's priorities being our priorities. What burdens God should burden us and what is important to God should be important to us. Our life as a church should be in harmony with the Lord. So over the next 
month or so, we're gonna explore what that looks like. Now, this is no way gonna be exhaustive, right? We're not gonna cover every aspect, but we're gonna hit on some of the most important ones and some in particular that are very timely for us as a congregation coming into this year. This morning, we're gonna focus on God's desire for us to spread outside the walls of this church building. And so the title of this message is Spread Outside the Walls. I'm gonna take our text this morning from Matthew 13, verse 33. Just one verse this morning. I wanna invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's word. Matthew 13, 33 says this. He, that's Jesus, told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Thus ends the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. Father, we wanna take a moment and say to you, God, that we want a message from you, God. I pray that I would just be your mouthpiece this morning, that you would speak, Lord, into the hearts of this people as a collective, Lord, but of course, as individuals first, but then it would rise to the point of a collective that you would begin to build in us a consciousness of the collective, of the church body, Lord. Father, I pray that, the, yeah, there's gonna be individuals, but I pray that we would see ourselves as an integral part of the body of Christ here and that we, we would be seriously and genuinely and joyfully connected, Father, that we would be a people after your own heart. And Father, of course, we know that begins with turning from sin and trusting Christ. So I wanna pray just for a moment, Lord, for that person who's here this morning who has never turned from sin and trusted Christ. I pray that through the preaching of your word and through the witness of this gathered body of believers and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, God, you would save them today. And so meet with us here, God. Do what only you can do. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, well, amen. Go ahead and grab your seat there. Now, I bet... There are several bread makers in the congregation this morning. But I believe without a doubt that there are way more bread eaters, amen? Man, look, 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 sandwiches, rolls, biscuits. If it's bread, I want it, okay? <laughs> I want it. Now, some breads today, they're made with self-rising flour, which did you know it was invented back in the 1800s? It, it uses baking powder, all right? But throughout the ages, to get that bread to rise, you know what you needed? You needed yeast, yeast, which Jesus here in the text calls leaven. You see, yeast is a living single-celled organism that through the process of fermentation causes dough to rise and it gives it that fluffy characteristic that we love. And when the baker adds yeast to flour, the yeast doesn't just stay in that one little spot. No, it works its way all throughout the dough, permeating every part of it. And just a little yeast leavens the entire lump of dough and changes that dough for the good. Jesus tells you and me that this is a picture of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. It is to permeate every aspect of our community and society. So now that you better understand the, 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 the context of that illustration there, what Jesus is talking about, I wanna read it again. I wanna read the passage again, the, the, the parable again. It's a short parable, but I wanna read it again. 
Matthew 13, 33. And I want you to just visualize as I read this. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Now we here at Collinsville First Baptist Church, we are part of the kingdom of heaven. So we represent it. And so here's the truth of the matter. We can for a moment just focus on us for a moment. When we think about the kingdom of heaven, I wanna focus on just us for a moment. I want you to picture Collinsville First Baptist Church. Can you picture it in your mind? Let me give you some help. Check out this picture here. All right, just get that in your brain. Just picture a map. You see the church building there. And here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine if, if, if that is the, the leaven represented by that building, then our community is the lump, the dough, okay? And I want you to picture the people here, the leaven, the yeast here. Keep it in mind, again, the dough is the community. We get dough all around us. And here's what I want you to picture. Us spreading out all throughout the dough of our community. So just picture for a moment, Collinsville First Baptist Church spreading and growing throughout our community. Just picture the church spreading up Highway 19 into Neshoba County. Just picture going south down Highway 19 into Meridian. And just picture in your brain there that, that building which represents us spreading out west on Collinsville Road to Highway 494 and on into Newton County. And then spreading east on West Lauderdale Road. Just picture the, 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 the church just extending down that. And across the lake, Center Hill Martin Road into Bailey and then up 495 into Kemper County. Beloved, can you see that? Can you envision the church spreading out like that? You see, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. And to be honest, bodily, we do that every single Sunday, don't we? When we come together here for the worship gathering, we don't stay together. We then leave, we disperse out. We spread out all in the community, right? Up 19, down 19, toward Newton County, toward Kemper County, toward Bailey we spread out bodily, but the question is this. Do we take our spiritual leaven with us? Or do we leave it here in the building? Here's today's takeaway. Guys, to be a church after God's own heart, we must spread outside the walls of this building into every aspect of our community. This is a concept that I've for a long time phrased it this way. We need to be a church without walls. We need to be a church without walls, spreading outside the walls of this building into every aspect of this community. We have to take what we have in here, what we have in here, and it needs to be brought out there. And what we have in here needs to be brought out there. I remember that song from the early 2000s that said what we do in here should fill the streets out there. And I believe that with all of my heart to be a church after God's own heart. I believe that's God's heart. We must spread outside the walls of this building into every aspect of our community. And if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna be this type of church, then we gotta do three things I believe first is that we have to realize the church is not a building. 
Realize that the church is not a building. Now, sometimes we get a little bit confused about this, and it's understandable because there is a building named Collinsville First Baptist Church. If you don't believe me, go out and look at the sign right out by the road. And when people ask, where'd you go Sunday? We say, I went to church. That's what we say, right? So I get it. Language there can kind of confuse things a little bit, but here's the deal. Our language sometimes belies the fact that we believe that church is a place, that church is a building. Beloved, if we're ever going to be a church after God's own heart, we gotta get this right in our mind. You are not at church, amen? You're not at church. You are at the church house. You're at the building where the church gathers. You're not at church. You are the church. Do you see the difference there? That paradigm shift in our brains will make a huge difference in how we see the world and how we interact with it. You see, if this building is the church, then it can only be in one place at one time. If this building is the church, then it's stagnant and it's stationary because it doesn't grow unless we build onto it. It doesn't go anywhere. It's founded on the ground there, right? It's locked in. If this building is the church, then the church stays here when we go forth. We leave it behind. But beloved, the building is not the church and the church is not the building. You are are the church and since that's true then the church can be in many places at many times all at once and the church is vibrant and dynamic and it's on the move and as we go forth guess what the church goes forth these walls don't define us these walls don't create us and let me let me say this these walls shouldn't contain us We must spread outside these walls and in our community. We can't just keep it in here. Look, it's good, right? It's good. There are moments when we come together, it's like, I don't want to leave. I just want to hang. It's so good. But that's not God's plan for us. We must be the church, taking the leaven of Christ with us wherever we go. Now, I want to say I'm thankful for this building. I am thankful for this building. And I look, I'm new to it still. Some of you put your blood, sweat, and tears literally into building this building. You gave sacrificially for it and all those things. And I'm so thankful for this building. It's very practical. It's very useful. It's very beautiful. All of those things. But I'm even more thankful that this building is not the church. It's where the church meets. It is a tool. It is a tool to accomplish the mission of God. We've got to always keep that in mind. Let me caution you. Don't fall in love with this building. Too many congregations do. Too many congregations, their identity becomes their building. Beloved, the building is a tool that God has given us to accomplish his mission. And as the mission grows and the mission, as the mission diverts and into other areas, we've got to be willing to do that as well. We've got to see this building as a tool. I'm thankful for the building, but I'm thankful that the church is not the building. And so may the church gather here praise God, and then spread outside the walls of this building into every aspect of our community. 
to be a church after God's own heart. That's what we must do. But secondly, I wanna point you to this one. And that is to capitalize, capitalize on the channels of influence. Capitalize on the channels of influence. Remember what Jesus said here in our text. Matthew 13, 33, look at it again. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. You see, when she put that leaven in, when she added it to the flour, man, that, that, that leaven took off. It just quietly, imperceptibly went to work. And it began to move throughout the entire dough until the entire lump was leavened. So as we think about this this morning, like how is it then that the leaven of Christ is to permeate this community? And here's the answer. It's you. You are the answer to that question. How is the leaven of Christ supposed to permeate this community? You. You are the vehicle that takes the leaven and works the leaven into the community. It's you who shares the good news of Jesus Christ. If you don't, who will? It's you who, who is to live that life of good works in front of the watching world that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's you who are to be salt and light in this community, shining the light of Christ everywhere you go adding flavor and preservation and healing in our community in the name of Christ. Ultimately, you and I are the vehicles that God wants to use to influence this community for Christ. So if we are the vehicles, then what are the channels? Or maybe we should say it better this way since I'm saying vehicle there. I think of car when I say vehicle. What are the roads of influence that we should drive our vehicle down? that we might influence this community for Christ. Now, strategists over the years have recognized seven channels of influence. They're, they're these seven, religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. These are all channels that we as people of God can use to spread Christian influence throughout our community. Let me say those again. Religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. Now, when it comes to the church, right, we automatically have the religion part locked down, don't we? I mean, this is what we do. This is who we are. That's why we exist. Now, not necessarily to push religion. That, that kind of has a negative connotation, doesn't it? I mean, we, we say it's not a religion, it's a, it's a relationship, and that's true, okay? But nevertheless, in the, in the sacred realm, we preach a Savior to help people come to know Him and to live for Him, and we got that locked down. That's our job, day in and day out. But consider for a moment the channel of family. The channel of family. You have to understand that your family, y'all, is central to God's plan to spread his influence throughout this community. I wonder this morning, how many mamas and daddies do we have here in this room? I mean, yeah, maybe your kids are grown. Maybe they're not in the house, but you're a mama and you're a daddy and you've had influence and you continue to have influence. 
I want you to think about the mandate that God has given humanity in Genesis 1:28. The Bible says God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and on every living thing that moves on the earth. Beloved, that means that we are to marry, to have babies, to fill the earth, have dominion over the earth. Look, I've had a dominion over my minivan for years now. That thing is lock, stock, full. (laughs) Praise God, praise God. How many kids should you have? As many as the Lord tells you to have, amen. Every time, Lord, should we have another one? And sometimes he don't even tell you, he just surprises you. (laughs) Been there and done that. But look, guys, that's why it's so important for us to to raise up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We we wanna fill up this earth. Guys, this is, anytime you hear, look, they just had, uh, they, they just had Paul, I think it's Elric or whatever his name is there on, on 60 Minutes recently. And he, he's one of these population dudes who doesn't know anything. And he's talking about how the world is overpopulated and all that stuff. Guys, that is a lie from the devil. Your mandate, my mandate, we're gonna let God figure all that out, but we're gonna do what he said do until he says quit. Right, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna continue to do that. That's why it's so important for us to raise up, not just to fill the earth, but to fill up the earth with godly influence for our children. Think about this. You gotta think about the long game, not just for your children to have godly influence, but for your children to influence your grandchildren to have godly influence. And bless God if he'll give you a long enough life that you would see your grandchildren fill your great-grandchildren with godly influence, amen? That's what we want to see. We want to see generation upon generation of godliness raised up because you said, I'm going to do what God said do so that the whole earth might be filled with the knowledge of God. Again, that's why we got to take Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 so seriously. Not just to fill the earth, but to fill it with godliness. The scripture there says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. That's our heart, right? And check this out. And these words that I commend you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand that you shall be as, so that they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So beloved, I say to you, look, have children, but it's not enough to, to have children. You gotta lead them to be godly children. Children with convictions who stand on the word of God. And I pray that you would see how important a channel of influence this is. It's so important. Permeating Christ throughout this community. But what about the other channels of influence? What about the channel of education? I wonder this morning, how many of you here teach in the public schools or private schools or Christian schools or home schools or college, or you're an administrator in one of these institutions? Just just raise your hand if if that's you. You teach home school, private school, public school, community college, you're an administrator, man. Praise God for you all. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you. 
God has put you in a strategic channel to spread the influence of Christ with you there in that school as part of it. And praise the Lord, we have great freedom here in Mississippi. Listen, I'm telling you, I come from the, from the land far away. And, and we don't have the freedom where we didn't have that freedom in Kentucky like you guys have here. That's one of the things that have just so impressed us and made us so glad to be a part of this community is that Christ is explicitly proclaimed even in public functions. It's so good to see that. Don't take it for granted. Use it for the glory of God. How about the channel of government? How many of you guys this morning, uh, you, you have a job in government or you have a job in the military? Praise God for you. He's placed you in that area. And I pray that, that you would maximize the opportunity that God has given you there. Or the channel of media. Now, there may not be many here in the room who would say that they work in media, but it is a powerful channel. You know that so well. Um, that's why I was so excited when we were approached there by uh, the Scotty Ray Report to put together a daily devotional video to get the word of God out there every day. And yeah, it's a small part. I mean, it's like one minute and I'm so thankful for the, the pastoral team as we put those together every week and, and, and Pastor David who edits all those and gets them over to Scotty Ray and the, the sponsors here in the church and the community that make all of that possible. Yeah, it's just a minute to a minute and a half depending on who's doing it, right, Paul? <laughs> Some of us are a little longer than the other ones. Paul is always short. He's very on time at all times. You know, Paul, all right? But I'm so thankful for just that little bit there. Guys, did you guys realize that over a thousand people see those spots every day? Every day. And they don't just hear fluff. Like we're literally walking through the gospel of Matthew. And last week, I, uh, just the other day on Friday, I talked about the wheat and the weeds. And I told them, if you don't turn from sin and trust in Christ, the Bible says at the end of the age, you will be separated from the wheat and you will be burned. Like we're not fluffing it up. We're telling hardcore gospel truth. Whatever the Bible says, we say. What an opportunity we have through media and that's a powerful channel. And I know not many of us have that opportunity, but I wonder this as I say media, let's add a, uh, let's add a qualifier to that. You may not be in media, but I bet you in social media, ain't you? Right? How many of you guys on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, right? I mean, all of us. I just, I just made myself sound old, no doubt. Because I know there's three or four social media apps that I just left off, all right? That you guys are all on and we're old dorks. I get it, okay? <laughs> but those social media, think about it for a moment. Guys, that's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool for you to use influence to influence people toward Christ. Not to argue now, hey, <laughs> that's a different story. But to lift up the name of Jesus and point people to Jesus, what a powerful to opportunity you have to share the influence of Christ. How about the channel of arts and entertainment? I think about Christian music and, and Christian comedy, but not just Christian music and Christian comedy as, as, a, as, a, as a genre. I'm also thankful for Christian men and women who put out art and entertainment that, that's not explicitly Christian, that they cross over in those boundaries. And they proclaim Jesus in opportunities that we as quote-unquote Christians would never get an opportunity to walk into. 
We have lots of men and women in secular arts and entertainment. I think of, of men like Kirk Cameron or some of the other ones who are true followers of Christ in the arts and entertainment world. I'm thankful for them. And finally, there's the, the channel of business. The channel of business. I, I, that includes business owners. And I, I thank God for the entrepreneurs and the, the managers and the overseers of, of businesses in our community. But it's also any person that works in a commercial job. We're talking about bankers, tellers, electricians, salesmen, manufacturers, doctors, mechanics, investors, builders. I mean, we could go on and on. God has placed you in very powerful places. Not only influence the community for Christ, but also check this out, to support the work of Christ in the community. That's what you can do. That you could leverage what God has done in you, in your business and all of those things for Christ. You see, it's often businessmen and businesswomen whom God channels resources through that work to, to, to facilitate and to finance the kingdom of God. So we have these seven channels of influence Religion, family, education, government, media, art, and entertainment, and business. And I believe that we should capitalize on every one of them for the sake of the influence of Christ. And the beautiful thing is the body of Christ. I mean, how sad it would be if we all worked here at the church. That would be sad. How sad it would be if you were all pastors or directors of ministries. I'm thankful that he calls a few of us to this and a few of us to that and, and we spread out into all of these channels of influence, living for the glory of God. But I wonder, as you think about your channel that you, that you live in, that you work in, are you capitalizing on those for the sake of spreading the influence of Christ? Are you making the most of the opportunity that God has given you to leverage your placement there for the kingdom of God. What could you do to do more? Listen, I say to you, do not abandon these channels. That's what the devil would love for us to do. He would love if the Christians would just retreat, if we would withdraw back, if we would just sit down and shut up and be quiet, or better yet, not even be a part of those things. The world doesn't mind Christianity if we just keep it inside these walls. That's why I believe God wants it to be a church without walls, outside the walls. Beloved, as we withdraw from these spheres of influence, darkness overtakes our community. So we, as the people of God, I believe it's time for us to once again extend the kingdom of God into every facet of society, to capitalize on the channels of influence for the sake of our neighbors. They need us to be Christians outside of these walls. And when we do that, we are a church after God's own heart. Finally this morning, I would point you to this final thing this morning, and it's simply this. See life as a mission trip. See life as a mission trip. Look, I'm a huge supporter of missions. 
I don't just pray for missions and give to missions. I mean, Christy and I, we, we go on missions between the two of us. We, we've been in 10 foreign nations taking the gospel of Jesus Christ on short-term trips. And, and some, of these na- some of these nations we've been, up to, uh, we've been to up to four times. I mean, multiple times. We love the mission field. We love missions. But if we're really gonna fulfill God's plan for this church, And for us as individuals, we have to move from seeing the mission trip as something that we just go on. Instead, we begin to see it as life itself. Life is a mission trip. Beloved, that's how I believe God ultimately sees it. Think for a moment about that verse that we love to use, which is, it's a great verse for it, to proclaim our call to missions. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, right? We know this as the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, most likely you've heard folks say this before, so I'm probably telling you nothing new, but it's really important in understanding life as a mission trip. And that is that the part that our English translation misses is that the word go in Matthew 28, verse 19 is not in the imperative. It's not a command in that regard. It's a participle, it's describing, it's the I-N-G form of the word go. And so a more literal translation would be, it would not be go therefore and make disciples, but rather going therefore make disciples disciples. Do you see the difference there? You see that participle communicates continuity. It's not something that we do from time to time. It's something that we are. It's a lifestyle. We're going to make disciples as we are going about our everyday life. So I say to you this morning, the, the Great Commission, it is a lifestyle. And when you and I grasp that, look, bar the door the gates of hell will tremble when you and I really grasp this that life is a mission trip and you are a missionary every single day of your life and when the mission field in your mind becomes not something that's over there across the ocean no it's right here right outside these walls And every time we leave from this campus and drive back out into the world, we will know that we are now entering the mission field. And every morning when we wake up, we'll rejoice that the Lord has given us another day to be on the mission field right here in our mission. Now, does that mean we we, we should never go to the Guatemalas or to the Canadas or to the Chinas of the world? Well, may it never be, right? That's that's not what we're talking about. We should definitely go all the way over there and share Jesus. But it does mean that when we go over there, it's because we've just taken a break from doing it right here to go do over there what we do right here 51 other weeks in the year. So beloved, I pray that you would see life as a mission trip. You know, God gave us a prophecy that the kingdom of God would spread in such a way that would fill 
the entire earth. I want to read it for you just briefly. We're not going to get into it, but we're going to read it so you can see the imagery here. It actually came to a pagan leader named Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And we read it in Daniel chapter 2, 31 through 35, through the mouth of Daniel. And here's what it says. It says, you saw, O king, and behold, a great image. It was a great statue. This image, mighty and exceeding, brightness stood before you and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and, and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold, all together were broken into pieces and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the entire earth. Beloved, I just want to get straight to the point there. Christ is that stone. Amen? He is that stone that struck that statue and that rock that grew into a great mountain that filled the entire earth is the kingdom of heaven. Beloved, God plans for us to expand the kingdom of heaven all throughout the world. And you know where he wants to start? Collinsville, Mississippi. Y'all ready to take it outside of these walls in 2023? Hey, baby, let's go. God has hidden as leaven in a lump a flower called the world us. We're hidden. And so we never stop until the whole lump of the world is leavened with the leaven of Christ. Here's my final prayer as the praise team comes. May we truly be a church without walls.